change the channel! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Quick, Change the Channel, uh, a, uh, a movie review podcast that we here at Snescapades do every now and then, uh, that we do so rarely that I don't remember how I open them. <laughs> I mean, we didn't do so. one last year. So you have a that's true. Yeah. Unusually long gap, but we're uh, we're doing it this year, boy howdy. We're we're back yeah. at it again. We we sure are. I'm Chase Keys, by the way, and I'm Emmy Zero, and we watched Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, we did that. A, a much more recent film that I think may still be in theaters. It came out like less than a month ago, as we record this. Simultaneously released on a streaming service, so. Uh, very easy to watch at home. Uh, wouldn't recommend you do that. Just uh, right off the bat. Would not recommend anybody take that movie up on the offer. It's not very good, uh, but we'll we'll get into that. Um, a few things that I think we ought to get out of the way first uh, before mm-hmm. we really dive yeah. into this movie. Um, we also watched Wally's Wonderland. It's Willie's Wonderland. Willie's Wonderland. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, we watched that movie as well. Uh and mm-hmm. mostly just as sort of a, a point of comparison, because these are yeah. both movies about evil animatronics that come to life inside of a rundown and abandoned um, family fun center, I guess, is the general term for this kind of thing. Uh, you know, it's basically uh, we probably don't need to explain the concept of this kind of thing to you. But, uh, you know, essentially a Chuck E. Cheese or a showbiz pizza. Uh, what if the Rockefeller explosion was trying to kill you, basically? Yeah. You know, that's the that's that's what this is, essentially. Right. Yeah. Also, if you understood the uh, showbiz pizza Rockefeller explosion references, uh, how's that back pain doing? You, you doing OK with that? You, yeah. You're you all right. Well, how's your yeah. how's your blood pressure these days? <laughs> I hope that low sodium diet's not too tough on you. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, so that that's uh, one thing, you know, we'll, we'll, we're not going to review that movie per se, but we are going to, you know, probably bring it up. We'll as bring a it up. Yeah. Point of reference. Um, yeah. It, it, it offers an idea of what a movie like Five Nights at Freddy's could be in a different world, you know. Yes. So uh, we did watch the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, though. That was the, the kind of subject in mind for this. And, yeah, uh, I, I do also want to say right off the bat, even if for whatever reason what we describe about this movie makes it sound like something you'd enjoy watching, try to not pay anybody for the privilege of watching this largely just because the original creator of five nights at Freddy's is uh, not a good guy. Uh, he, he kind of deserves to be in the same little plot of land and in, in the great beyond that, uh, that notch and, uh, and Palmer lucky are going to go to <laughs> Bobby Kotick, Bobby Kotick. I'm not advocating for anything bad to happen to him. I'm just saying, you know, everybody's clock runs out eventually. And, uh, Despite Scott Cawthon's uh, personal beliefs about himself, I, I don't think he's going anywhere good for the kind of things he has personally supported in his life. So try not to give this any money if you do end up deciding to watch it. That That is sort of the 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 other 500-pound uh, gorilla animatronic in the room that I was going <laughs> to discuss. So I'm glad you brought it up. But and in, uh-huh. in case you needed to know, like, a why, like, he's donated a lot of money to Republican politicians, including Donald Trump. So, you know, he is 
basically a fascist at this point. Um, yep. He's yeah, also yeah. he's also very much uh, anti-choice. So he's also, you know, misogynist and, you know, thinks that women or you know, more broadly uh, uh, people with uteruses are second class citizens. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. why you should not pay anything to see this movie. If you don't have Peacock, you can pirate it. That's what I did. There are ways to do that. I'm not going to tell yeah. you how to do it here, but uh, you know, but look it's, it up. it's possible to do it. It's 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 possible and it's really not hard. All right. So with all of that out of the way, like so just in case anyone is not familiar with Five Nights at Freddy's, the the, the franchise, because you know, I will say, like, you know, our, our audience probably skews a bit older. It's very much a, a franchise that's popular with children. And that yes. is something that is worth keeping in mind when thinking about this movie and like kind of what it's trying to do, you know? Yeah. So Five Nights at Freddy's is a horror franchise in which you typically play as like a security guard or something like that who has to monitor all of these animatronics at a, you know, Chuck E. Cheese-like place. And the animatronics come to life at night and you have to monitor them and keep them from getting into your office because if they do, they will jump scare you and, you know, uh, assume, you know, presumably murder you. But the jump scares are really like the big thing about this franchise. Um, you know, the, the kind of creepy look of the animatronics and the jump scares are what make it a horror franchise. Uh, I think, you know, like the lack of blood and everything probably is what made this pretty popular with kids. And the fact that, you know, people on Twitch reacted and sometimes overreacted to it a lot. So, yeah, so that is kind of like the the... You know, in broad strokes, that is what the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise is. It consists of like about four or five games. I'm wanting to say maybe more. I, uh, I, I more more. They did additional ones that aren't numbered. I think that are essentially still sequels to it. Okay. So yeah, and um, there's lots of lore to it as well, like a really expansive lore. I was looking at the the Wikipedia page for Five Nights at Freddy's as like just a franchise. There are like a a number of novels. There are, I think also comic books. There's a lot of like ancillary media connected to this thing that builds out the, the lore of the, the haunted spoilers. They're haunted animatronics and uh, you know, where they come from and all the various characters that are sort of in their orbit. And I'm not super well-versed in that stuff. So I can't say for sure how much of that this movie directly adapts or if it has come up with kind of its own spin on some of it. But that is that is another big part of the appeal to like the super fans of it is that it is like this very convoluted backstory that that you can become extremely knowledgeable about, uh, which is always a thing that, you know, is is sort of catnip for for things that are like appealing to. I don't want to use the word consumers, but young people who could potentially get really invested in something. It's like, I know all about this thing and my parents don't, you know? Yeah. And I, I know a little bit about the lore. Like I followed some of it. Cause I will say like, I think that the first game, when the first game came out, I thought, you know, this is a novel idea for a simple yeah. horror indie game. Like I, I, think it was I, I thought it was kind of smart actually yeah i think we both played and and pretty much enjoyed that first game so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. before we kind of knew uh more about uh scott cawthon's politics too i, I will yeah uh, yeah uh-huh. say that but um uh-huh. you know i thought that first game was good and after that you know i i kind of followed people who were playing 
um, Five Nights at Freddy's 2, just out of curiosity. But I think that, like, it was very much like the, the, the gameplay was just getting a little bit too convoluted for me. Like, I couldn't follow it anymore. I didn't know why things would happen. There didn't seem to be, like, you know, a... a a measurable cost and effect for a lot of things. Uh-huh. Um, and it was really concentrating on the lore. And yeah, I don't know that I think that like where that lore goes really works a lot. And, and I think that that's going to be kind of uh, present here a little bit as well. I, the idea of the animatronics being haunted made them less scary to me. Like the idea yeah, that like, it's just this fair. thing that like just goes haywire and can just start killing people that felt a little bit more real and scary to me than the idea that they're haunted, you know? Right. Right. I, I, so if you've listened to our other episodes of change, the Ch- quick change the channel, we usually do kind of a play by play sort of walk through the movie scene by scene. Uh, I don't think either of us are really interested in doing that with this for a number of reasons. But so so we're kind of kind of be a little more all over the place. We're going to have kind of, uh, you know, just sort of a, a discussion about the the movie. It's going to kind of jump back and forth. But like my feeling on the lore as I was exposed to it in this movie, at least, is that none of it's very original or interesting. But if this is your very first horror movie ever and all these concepts are totally fresh to you, probably it's it's like kind of like transgressive and shocking feeling. And um, that's basically a thing that it it doesn't it doesn't really earn that. It's sort of just relying on that you never having seen any other media that uses these tropes before. But it is what it is, right? Yeah, I I kind of felt like throughout watching this, you know, this would make a maybe mid-tier Are You Afraid of the Dark episode if you just trim this down. It's very Are You Afraid of the Dark, yeah. And 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 boy, could this movie have used a lot of trimming. Oh, God. So, yeah, like, like the backstory in this movie is so convoluted in, in for no reason at all. I, I don't – I truly don't get it. Like, I took notes. I took notes while – I was watching this movie and a lot of them are about the lore and just me trying to kind of like piece together the, the overall shape of this situation. And there are still parts of it that I did not get by the end of this thing. Oh, well, well maybe we'll be able to figure it out together. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Let's solve ourselves a little Scooby-Doo mystery. Yeah. Uh, which is also another thing that thing that's kind of a touchstone, right? It's very Scooby-Doo in the sense that like, Oh, it turns out the killer is the one other featured character in the movie that we yes, haven't seen for a exactly. while. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. So, okay. Let's talk about like the cast of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's only like, there's not very many people in this movie. There's, there's like six or seven like major named characters. I think the uh, kind of a uh, main character, the lead actor of this movie uh, character Mike Schmidt, played by Josh Hutcherson, who I have seen in several of the Hunger Games movies, uh, and uh, I've never seen him in anything else. I think he is fine in those movies. Uh, I think he seems to have had all of his charisma sort of surgically removed prior to the filming of this one, because like Mike Schmidt is the most unappealing, charmless uh, like protagonist uh, that I've seen in a while. 
Uh, he's just kind of a miserable guy who spends a lot of time sleeping and trying to solve a, a, a murder in his sleep. This is not how any of this should work, right? Yeah. I, it, so his idea is that he can, if he tries hard enough, he can relive the moment that his younger brother disappeared or was abducted when he was like 12. The, 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 when he, Mike, was 12, not the brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and see new details in the memory. Turn his mind into like a holodeck that he can like wander through the mem- his memories in and try to like find information about who took his brother. Right, yeah. So that's dumb. Uh, the whole thing with the missing brother. This is one of the most confusing things, honestly. But it's also so unnecessary to the entire movie. Yeah. There's all this stuff with this guy's family. Like, his parents are gone now. We don't know why. And he's now taking care of his little sister, who who his evil aunt is trying to get custody of because, quote, she just wants the check from the state every month. And now, like, look, I don't. I don't like being the CinemaSins guy, you know, we're like, oh, this is a plot hole ding or whatever. But this is such a profoundly stupid plot hole because it's really it, distracting. It, yeah, It seems to indicate to me that the people who wrote this movie think that folks who are like foster parents are just living large off the state. And like, I guarantee you they are not. No, they are not. I know. I know people who have done that, who've done that work. And they are not uh, they are not being compensated adequately for that. No, like that's just not true. And yeah, like the idea because like over the course of the movie, um, the, their evil aunt, Aunt Jane, uh, played by Mary Stuart Masterson, uh, one of the most like, hey, this is a real actor, actors who's in this movie. She goes through a she, she's kind of a secondary antagonist. Yeah. And she goes through a lot of trouble to try to get custody of this kid. Like the, the trouble that she goes through involves essentially paying their babies, the the babysitter that Mike has hired to, to watch his sister uh, to like rifle through all of their drawers and try to find some evidence of him being an unfit guardian. And then when that doesn't work, uh, paying the babysitter's brother, who is basically like great value, Jesse Plemons, to um, break into Freddy's while Mike is not on shift and trashing the place so that he'll get fired. Right. And like she gets, she's going to pay these people a thousand bucks so that she can get custody. Yeah. Like, one of the payments from the state is not going to reimburse her for the thousand dollars she spent to make no. this happen. Like this is so done. Like none of this is necessary. None of this is is necessary to like what five nights at Freddy's is to like what the animatronics are in the, literally the only thing that plot line provides is some like, uh, some victims for the animatronics to kill that, uh, you don't have to care about. Right. That's literally it. Yeah. That's the only thing. And there's so many things that are less convoluted that you could do to put some random people in, the place so that uh, Freddie Fosbear and his friends could rip them in half. First point of comparison, uh, uh, Willie's Wonderworld absolutely does that. 
they arbitrarily yeah. put people in the restaurant to for for the sake of increasing the body count and it's it's uh-huh. a dumb reason but the movie doesn't dwell it's on terrible. it so you don't yeah. have to care about it like it, it's yeah it's, exactly it's fine it's perfect it's like, just look look the the six dumbest teenagers in the world have fallen through a skylight into right? the murder hole <laughs> so they're going to die and it's fine yes you don't have to care about them <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah it's it's um Oh my goodness! So also, like, um, I I do want to go back like really fast to the beginning of the movie where yeah. we see the security yeah, yeah, guard, yeah, the, sure. the the first security guard, right, right. Um, which like, given what we learn about you know everything later on, I don't understand why he's here. But basically, they wrote this. What I read somewhere is that they wrote this uh, that security guard to be Markiplier. Who is a, a oh, interesting. popular YouTuber? Yeah, who you know? Well, and one of the people whose reaction videos to Five Nights at Freddy's are one of the things that made Five Nights at Freddy's blow up in popularity originally, right? Yes, yeah. So that was actually going to be Markiplier, but he had other commitments. He's apparently making his own movie. Oh, okay. Uh, which you know uh, can't be worse than this one, I would have to think. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so he was not available. So they just hired this guy, Um, you know, again, like I I guess, you know, it it sets the stage. It is the most it is maybe like the most tense um, in in like like an actual horror movie that this movie ever is. Yeah, because that's the other thing. This is mainly just a very, a very slow, very like po face drama about like unresolved childhood trauma, (laughs) Uh, but not like an interesting way or anything. Uh, not really a horror movie by any discernible metric for the most part. Yeah, not really. Um, but I just wanted to point that out because there are – I'm fairly certain there are – I mean I know that there are a few YouTubers in here. There are probably other people who were YouTubers. There were a lot of roles that felt like they could have been YouTube cameos because they're just characters who show up for a scene and then never come back. Yeah, like there's a um, uh, a waiter in a diner that felt – like it's like why does this guy have multiple lines? Oh, I knew who and I knew that who that guy was. Be, that that had who was that, that was Matt Pat. Uh, he is the host. Oh, that was Matt Pat. Is, okay, yeah, which is why he says when when you know he he tells them that lunch is the most important meal of the day, and someone says I thought it was breakfast. He says, well, that is just a theory because he runs the game theorist thing where they go into uh, the lore in a convoluted way and. Uh, also, he was one of the YouTubers who like hung out, who got to hang out with the cool new Pope. So, um, oh, fun, great, cool, love so that. For I, have him. A feel, I have a feeling I I cannot be that guy's friend. <laughs> but, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But like they had things like uh, at the beginning of the movie, um, Mike is picking up his ice cream or whatever from a mall food court and yeah he's chatting up a lady and i'm like okay this is going to be the love interest nope we never see her again (laughs) no never never because yeah there's like a whole setup there that doesn't really it's basically to show that like mike is like a barely functional human being like this is all kind of trying to justify like why he would take the horrible job as a security guard at an abandoned family fun center. Right. And can we talk about that too, really quick? Sure. Yeah. The idea that that security guard at abandoned family fun center, a night watchman, no less is a necessary job Yeah, because like, here's the thing. If the owner doesn't want to let go of the place and, and has dreams of maybe opening it up again someday, um, 
you would need somebody there all the time because there are never people in it. No. Yeah. So why do you need a night watchman? I mean, the real reason is because because the movie is called Five Nights at Freddy's and it wouldn't make sense to have him there in the daytime. So. Right. Well, it's it's very unclear what I, I this is one of the things that's, that's not uh you know, evident at all in the movie is what is actually going on with the location, Freddy Fosbear's pizzeria. Cause like, I don't get it. Um, basically Mike gets the job there from a career counselor played by Matthew Lillard, who is immediately the most sketchy, suspicious person in the world. Like I would walk out the room the second that guy started talking and never, ever speak to him again. I might say something like, hey, you were about to read my last name off that paper, and then you looked at me funny. Uh-huh. Um, is there something I should know? Do I know you? Uh, but, but no, we, we don't do that. We don't. Right, yeah. right. Obviously, this is the thing we were kind of getting to. So um, this Matthew Lillard character is introduced to us as somebody named Steve Raglan. Uh, turns out to be the person responsible for the series of child murders and also the genius roboticist owner of Freddy Fosbear's, who is responsible for the whole thing. He's literally the guy in the evil rabbit costume at the end of the movie. Yes. Do people know this? Like, it seems like he must have had to, like, disappear for a while after the murders and stuff happened. Yeah. But I guess not. It's now he's living under a different name, but he maybe still owns the place. What is going on? Yeah, This is like not even getting into his daughter who we'll, we'll bring up in just a moment. Yeah. yeah. We will bring up cause she's the other main character. Of the right. Movie. <laughs> so it seems like he just really likes child murder. Sure does. Yeah. He set up Freddie Fazbear's as a way to, just like separate children from their parents and murder them. Even though like, I feel like in a place like that, that would be the hardest place to actually pull that off. I feel like, cause like, like parents are going to know that, that their kids disappeared in the restaurant. I mean, here's the thing though. I'm not actually super clear on whether he did the murder, whether he abducted the kids. I guess he, yeah, I guess you're right. He must've abducted the kids in the restaurant, right? Because Clearly, they're not the only kids he abducted and killed because he also did it to Mike's brother. Right. This is the other big thing. He's he's obviously the guy who who took Mike's brother and killed him. Mike's brother, incidentally, not one of the animatronics. Yeah, that's, that's just irrelevant. Right, yes, yeah. So, like, this this guy who likes to kill... And he, he straight up says, like, oh, let me reveal my evil plan. I killed your brother. So, like, the whole thing with the dream and trying to figure out who the killer was... Completely pointless. ...didn't end up mattering. He just, he just, he just tweeted it out. He just said it. He just said it <laughs> right there. Yeah, I mean, but ultimately, the main point of the dream in like functional terms seems to be it gives Mike the opportunity to interact with the ghost children uh, and for them to do various generic, like kind of the ring style, creepy horror movie kid things. Right. Yes. And also like, because the kids will tell him who the murderer was in exchange for him giving his sister to them who they like, they've been like, 
communicating with her and playing with her. And I do want to mention, we didn't mention our error actor, Piper Rubio, who plays the little sister, easily the best performance in the movie. I don't know why this kid is being directed in such a way that she gives a much more believable performance than any of the adult actors, but it's true. So, uh, yeah, mm, I didn't, Think, but, but no, I mean, don't don't agree with that. But you know, I I don't. It's a low bar. It's a very low bar to clear. I mean, I think I I don't like to rag on child actors, so you know, I don't tend uh-huh. to bring it up when I think a child actor didn't do a great job because you know, I I just. I mean, in this movie, if she didn't do it, I mean, look, child actors, child acting is a different thing than than like trained like adult acting in a lot yeah, of cases, yeah. and it is really heavily dependent on the direction they are given and the the method of direction that's used. So like, it's like, it's never a child actor's fault if they give a bad performance. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, but yeah. yeah, which is why I don't, I don't like to, you know, be like, Oh, that child actor was so okay, bad. You know, like enough. I don't, I don't even like to get into that, but, but you know, if, if you thought she did a great job and, and I mean, again, I thought she, she did a very good job with not like, not a ton to do, but like still like, less off-puttingly flat than any of the, than either of the like main sympathetic yeah. adult she, characters. She definitely basically. acts more like an actual person than a lot of the characters in this movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much what I mean. Yeah. Like going back to the aunt, like she's so cartoonishly villainous. She's ridiculous. Yeah. She does not feel like she's in the same movie as anybody else. Yeah. I'm almost surprised they didn't just put a giant mustache on her for, for her to, to, to twirl, you uh-huh. know, while she's saying stuff like it's, yeah, 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 it's yeah. so ridiculous. And, and yeah, so I guess like the, the the whole plot that this guy, Matthew Lillard, whatever his names are in the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, he just wants to murder children, but then he puts their bodies in the animatronics. And at one point, a character says he hid them in the only place that no one would ever look. Why would they? And I'm like, yeah, they would, what? They would hmm. definitely look there. What are you talking yes. about? Yeah. What are you talking about? This is something a crazy person would say. Like, oh, they'll never check inside the animatronics. Aval, uh, decaying bodies in a publicly facing animatronics are going to leave evidence. They would smell terrible. Okay, this is the other main major character we haven't really discussed much yet. Vanessa, Officer Vanessa? Yes. Maybe she's actually a cop. I don't know. Uh, played by Elizabeth Lael. Another person who I've seen a little bit of, like, she's been in some TV shows. I've seen some of those. Perfectly fine in those. Giving, like, the weirdest, like, most... uh, She also seems extremely sus from the moment she shows up in this thing. Like, I would not trust a damn thing she says. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Like, she just shows up in the movie and like, Uh Hey, I weirdly know a lot about this place. So, you know, uh, uh, and also, yeah, yeah, I'm a cop and you're going to ask me a lot of questions that a reasonable person would ask me given what I just told you, but I'm not going to answer them. And I'm going to completely change the subject entirely. Very, very obviously change the subject. And it turns out she is the murderer's daughter. And knows about this. She is a police. I mean, okay. The fact that she is a police officer and is not helpful in investigating things is maybe the most realistic thing about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
But I'm not even clear. Like I said, I'm not even clear if she is a real cop. I mean, she's driving an actual police car at one point, so. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But, like, what is she doing? Like, she clearly seems to kind of still work for her father. But also, she doesn't want any, she doesn't want Mike or his sister to die like she's very complicit in all of this but the movie frames her like she's a victim and i'm like i feel like by the time you're a goddamn cop you can probably blow the whistle on what happening over here Uh (laughs) uh-huh i agree i very much agree we got this really convoluted setup where all right there's animatronics in the place they're haunted by the ghosts of children who were murdered by the owner and whose bodies have been stuffed inside the animatronics. But they're not evil necessarily. In fact, we get like a very goofy, like I would describe it as like a, like a children's movie montage of, of Mike's little sister and the animatronics like playing together and building a big fort. Oh yes. It's all very, uh, uh, Freddie Fosbear is a friend to the children kind of moment. They're being manipulated by Matthew Lillard's character who they recognize as their leader because he is always dressed in like, Essentially like a rabbit themed Iron Man suit, like a mechanical suit that uh, either he's just very strong or the suit gives him super strength. But he throws Josh Hutcherson around at the end of this movie like he's Superman, basically. Yeah, this is how he gets the animatronics to murder the security guards that he, I guess, keeps sending to work nights at Freddy's. Is this how it seems to you as well? Yeah, but it also is like, okay, so I guess he's just a general murderer who likes to murder kids in particular, but is happy to murder anybody, I guess. But also like the kids specifically, he stuffs into animatronic suits because he knows that that, I guess because he knows that will haunt the suits and cause them to obey him for some reason. But also he doesn't do this with Mike's brother again, for some reason we don't know for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. And like the suits themselves, the, the animatronics themselves, there's a little bit of backstory about how like, they're not just like stationary animatronics that have come to life. They are like super advanced animatronics that can like, even without being haunted, could potentially like walk around and interact with people. Um, or maybe they're just costumes. Maybe they're just like mascot costumes, essentially. So, I mean, in the lore of the sh- of, of the games, I believe that most of the animatronics are, you know, like semi-autonomous, but also you can put them into a mode where you can push back the animatronic bit so that people can wear the costumes as well. Okay. And, and this is where I like see. the That's... whole thing with Matthew Lillard's um, rabbit suit, which I, I think in the lore of the games, they usually refer to that character as spring trap. Okay. Oh, right. Cause the spring trap is the insane, like, like basically there's like a saw trap, like a trap from the movie saw inside each of these animatronics, like the series of like, I guess just like blades mounted on spring, like a spring latch inside the animatronics that are supposed to keep somebody wearing the suit from getting hurt by the animatronics. But if you touch them the wrong way, they'll just spring in and like crush your rib cage. Yeah, that, that's the thing where it's like, why 
why would they make them this dangerous? <laughs> like, why is it that, like, that, I, I don't know. Like, the slightest touch would cause them, to, like, like the animatronic components to, like, burst with such force that they would literally impale the person inside the suit. Yeah. It, it's so... It's it's so stupid. Yeah, it is. You know, and it, it it's one of those things where it's like it's stupid, but whatever. You need it for the 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 plot to make sense. Okay, but like right, right. So like I'm kind of fine with that. Like the way that I envisioned how that would work, as opposed to like how it actually you know shows in the movie is uh-huh. weird. Like I, yeah. I'm like, what? It looks like just claws digging into him, and I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah, how that even. I don't understand how any of this even works, but but yeah, we we do get a little bit of a of a Chekhov's spring trap. Uh, we do you know, when, when I think like the um the the cop lady who whose name I cannot remember. I can remember it's Vanessa. Vanessa, okay. I just remember Mike and Abby because it seems like they're saying each other's names constantly. But yeah, um, constantly. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't remember anyone's name, anyone else's name to save my life. But that's like what I know about the lore from like the second game. Okay, that makes sense. Um, it, as much sense as anything does here. Uh, yeah, but it, but it's still it, it's still incredibly dumb because like yeah, it doesn't really explain like yeah, are the animatronics giving him super strength within the suit? In in which case, like, well, wait, so it, the suit's built around like the animatronics still having some functionality while someone's wearing it. So like what? I don't know. I don't get it. Um, one one kind of side note, a uh, thing I do want to praise, uh, the animatronics are all like Jim Henson Creature Shop puppets, and they look really good. Like, they look extremely on point for, like, none of them really look like how these things truly looked in, like, uh, an actual, like, showbiz pizza or Chuck E. Cheese. Like, these things bear no resemblance to the kind of, of animatronics that like they had in those, but they do look exactly like the ones from the games rendered as believable physical objects. So, you know, uh, I think they did a good job with that. Maybe too good a job, arguably, because it's still, it, it kind of just like makes them look like really ridiculous in a way that's like even less threatening than they would be otherwise. Yeah. That was the thing is like, I was amazed at how non-threatening, these things felt even as they were doing threatening things. Yeah. There's nothing creepy about them at all. Maybe that's why this franchise has caught on so much with kids because it is like playing with horror tropes in a very safe kind of way. Yeah. That's sort of what I think. Like this is, this is genuinely like a horror franchise. Like it's like a horror movie where every corner has been covered in like a baby proof bumper, you know? Like, it's baby's first horror anything. Yeah, like, the animatronics, like, they read, like, we know we're supposed to be kind of afraid of them. They're supposed to be kind of creepy, but they're also just kind of not. This movie has a little bit of blood in it, but it's mostly, like, very bloodless. Like, all the violence is just implied or shown to us through shadows in an incredibly ridiculous death scene. Uh Uh-huh. That just looked so bad. (laughs) You probably know the one I'm talking about, the the babysitter. The babysitter, yeah. What the hell happened there? Like, no, I, I have a note from from that scene that uh, is is uh, just a string of question marks, and then I have in parentheses babysitter death. Right. Yeah. No. I. 
So she's examining the the Freddy animatronic. It might have been the Golden Freddy animatronic. I can't remember. Uh-huh. And she's looking into the mouth because she followed one of the ghost kids who have now taken kid, actual kid form in the real world, which I think is the only time in the movie they do this. Yeah, which they can do, apparently. Yeah. Don't understand why. But, yeah, I guess they needed to lure her in here so that she could look into the mouth of the animatronic and then... Kid hand pop scare comes out and then in silhouette, we see her get grabbed, yanked up and then literally bitten in half by the animatronic. What is going on there? They I have no idea physically how that's like a thing that happened. I haven't seen silhouettes used for something this unbelievable and ridiculous since the third blade movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I sure do. (laughs) Yeah, I sure do. Now, uh, another comparison point with Willy's Wonderland, uh, there's also a person that gets cut in half in that movie, but because that movie is very comfortable being like a schlocky, gory horror movie, you just see it happen, and it looks ridiculous, but it's fun. Like, this is the thing that, like, uh, you know, every time I compare these movies in my head, I'm like, Willy's Wonderland knew what the hell it was doing. With this with this concept, and it was like it didn't take it very seriously. It had fun with it. Like, yes, the animatronics, the quote unquote animatronics, who clearly are just people in costumes in that movie, do not have the production value of these. But they are effectively unsettling in a way that these ones simply cannot be. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like they understood the assignment, didn't they? They did understand the assignment, yeah. Yeah, horror movie featuring animatronics that kill people. It's like, all right, we'll we'll get Nick Cage in there to beat them up, and that sounds like fun, and we'll throw a bunch of teenagers at them to uh-huh. get murdered. Yeah. Um and then and but but like the, the writers of Five Nights at Freddy's are like, okay, I'm envisioning a psychological horror uh, about dealing with grief and solving mysteries, and like it's like really why? What, what are you talking about? It's it's about what what? It's, I really cannot emphasize enough how much of this movie is devoted to Mike trying to figure out what happened to his little brother and how little any of that ends up mattering at all. This is all a better movie if say like the cop doesn't actually know all that much about what's going on or, or like, because there really isn't another reason why the cop should be there. What if it was just like, you know, the, the counselor or doctor that he's talking to in that one scene about his sister, who is trying to look out for him. Yeah, there's no reason the character, yeah. the, the character helping him needs to be a cop. Yeah. Like it, it just makes so much more sense if it's just somebody who's like, Hey, I know you're trying really hard to take care of her. I want to help you out. You know, let's let's see what we can do. And then, you know, as things get weird over at Freddy's, maybe she does some investigating and starts finding out like, oh, a bunch of kids disappeared in this place and nobody ever found them. That's kind of weird, right? Like Uh right out of the gate. You've got, you know, the 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 makings of a better movie there. Also, uh, as far as the aunt character goes, um, don't have her in there. Don't do like, it. Yeah. It, it, it's, I mean, yeah, it's com- completely unnecessary. Yeah. It's just the priorities of what this, uh, of this movie are just so strange because it's like, you have a cool location, a potentially cool location. I don't think in, in the movie itself, the, the, the family fun center is all that interesting or, or fun. You have a cool location idea. 
you have some potentially pretty entertaining monsters. You have a lot of options for like different ways you could create tense sequences or funny sequences or goofy campy sequences surrounding these things. And instead, the movie tries to run like as hard away from all that stuff as possible. I don't get why so much of this movie does not take place at Freddy Fazbear's. I don't get why, even when it does, a lot of the movie is just Mike sleeping. Yeah, and I I don't understand like why the kids are evil until they're suddenly not because Abby drew a picture. Yeah, so this is one of the things that like makes the movie really feel like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode is like they beat Matthew Lillard's character in the, the, the like the the easiest way possible. Like basically like Abby draws uh, Abby is the name of the little sister. I don't know if we ever said that. Uh, Abby draws a picture of the yellow rabbit murdering all of the children and then puts it on the wall and suddenly all of the animatronics would realize that Matthew Lillard in the robot in the robot bunny suit is the person responsible for everything bad that happened to them and they like gang up on him and like drag him away it, it's it, like it's it's the the le- the most tension free uh resolution to this movie could have possibly had yeah so like the kids basically were okay being complicit with murdering other people until somebody, you know, made them realize, well, actually that's what he did to you guys. So yeah. Right. You know, and like, Oh, well, well that's, well, that's bad. Then if it happened to us, we're, we're not happy about and that. I think it's a real mistake to show to, to like personify the kids. Like, I think it's much, this is, this is at least a somewhat more effective if the only version of them you ever get to see are like the non-verbal animatronic versions. And like the movie seems really embarrassed about the fact that it is about animatronic, like pizza mascots killing people. Cause like, it seems to take every opportunity to like undercut that premise and be like, well, really it's ghosts. Like, well, yeah, obviously it's ghosts. How else could they control the robots? I don't always love a winking, ironic nod to the camera, but I think here it it is necessary. It, it is vital to being able to take any of this seriously, to think the movie at least has some idea of how on the face of it goofy this premise is. Also, I guess like you can't haunt something unless you put the body of the person into the thing. Apparently not. That's that's apparently how it works. Yeah. So I I I don't know. The, the whole thing is incredibly ridiculous. It's it's overly convoluted. It is not fun to watch. I don't. I also think this movie really fumbles certain elements of uh, the recreation of the kind of venue that it's supposed to be about. Because like we see a worker training video at one point. But it's too obviously tilted towards being, like, creepy and unnerving. Like, it, that would be much better if the, like, orientation onboarding video for new employees was, like, a, a more on-point recreation of the kinds of, like, fast food training videos that you could really easily find online these days from, like, the 80s and 90s. And also, like... So a big part of these kinds of like little animatronic shows at these places was 
the the animatronics doing like little shows and uh, you know little little like sets of music and a lot of times they were like kind of uh, you know their own versions of famous famous you know uh, pop songs or there would be like little bits of like banter between the 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 animatronics during the thing you know any, anything to make it feel a little bit more like they were an actual band. And we never see any of that from these things. This is where all these horrible things happened. You know, like we don't need the ridiculous premise of this guy shoved these kids in here. It's like this is where the kids died. This place has this really bad oppressive aura now. That's why it's shut down. And, you know, the, the owner, you know, for some reason wants to hire people to stay there, whether it's because they're a murderer or just because they have dreams of resurrecting the place someday. Who knows? doesn't matter. But, you know, I, I feel like. Yeah, they could have just done more with the entire pizzeria just being this this uh, malevolent place. And then um, am I saying that right? Malevolent? malevolent, malevolent, malevolent. Yeah, malevolent. I'm I am completely botching my words today. I apologize. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all good. Yeah. But, you know, like like it's, it's, it's almost like crossing into this other dimension where things just aren't quite right. And the animatronics are sort of like the spirits taking a more active, like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to kill you now. Right. Sort of roll in things. Um, I don't know. There, there's so many interesting ways you could do five nights at Freddy's, I think. And they just made something that's boring. Well, and I mean, I, they're, they're handcuffed, they're handcuffed to the lore, right? Like this is one way or another kind of the lore of the game. So, you know, there's lots of, and, and I mean, the, I think what we're basically saying is that the lore of the games kind of sucks, you know. Well, but like, here's the thing, though. Like, I think that a lot of the stuff that this movie added, like, I mean, the the character of Mike and his brother and on all that, yeah, I think no, are, that's true. This is all original to the movie. Yeah, I think all the characters are original to the movie, aside from the Matthew Lillard character, actually. So. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I think that. The, the lore of the games you can actually work with. I think it's just all the crap that they added to this movie that is the worst part of it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And unfortunately, that is like 95% of this movie. Because I, I think that what a lot of people like doing with Five Nights at Freddy's is sort of like trying to figure out the lore or, you know, inserting like what they think things are supposed to say. Cause I think a lot of what happens within the game of five nights at Freddy's isn't explicitly told to the player or shown to the player. I think so. Yeah. You know, it is very much a thing where like they're, they're meant to, um, you know, kind of take away their, their own stories or kind of come up with their own stories in their head a little bit. And this, so they made this movie where, not only do they just explain everything, but they over explain a bunch of extra stuff that nobody needs to care about. Um, it, and it's it just a complete make mess. It, and it makes the whole thing make less sense even than it would otherwise. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it sucks. It's bad. The end of the movie implies that, like, now Matthew Lillard's character is haunting the spring trap animatronic so that he can come back as a villain in future sequels. And it's just like, what would those even be? I'm going to say right now, folks, um, if if sequels to this movie come out, which they probably will, unfortunately, because this movie made probably just it was a, pretty successful. Yeah. yeah, Ridiculous amount of money. Um, yeah, we're not going to be talking about those. No, <laughs> um, no, 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 definitely not. This is my one and only run in 
with uh, with with F- Five Nights at Freddy's in movie form or in any form at this point, honestly. Yeah. No, uh, I'm just gonna say the only songs we see the animatronics do are literally just them lip syncing to a couple of very standard eighties songs. That's it. Like we don't see any sense of what they, what the, the thing was supposed to look like as a functional place, which I think is kind of important when you're showing the ruined version of it like this. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Like we don't even like Freddie Fosbear often has is depicted with a microphone, but we don't know what his actual voice was from back then. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, because you know you're you're right. Like these these um these shows at like Chuck E. Cheese's and Showbiz and things like that, um you know we're we're very much based on like seventies variety or sixties and seventies variety shows. You'd have right, yeah. You know, you'd have a bunch of banter and you'd have songs and you know it it would just kind of run like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, seeing like getting an idea of like how these characters might have actually delighted people at one point. Uh, would have maybe gone a long way contrasting them, you know, with their current form that's very sinister and, and you know, I don't know, maybe that would have made it a little bit spookier because we really don't have a good idea of what these characters would have actually been like, um, you know, in, in a setting where, like, families and kids would have actually wanted to go and listen to them and watch them and, and eat pizza there. Right. presumably terrible pizza (laughs) terrible like the worst pizza you've ever had yeah um yeah no it's just uh i don't know it's it's bizarre that this was like like yeah that's that's one of my notes here why is this what this movie is because yeah it could have been so many different things and they went with a yeah and like like I said before, an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that was way longer than it needed to be is essentially what we get here. And that's a shame. Right. It, it is a shame. I mean, I would so much rather rewatch Willy's Wonderland than this. Like, oh, I yeah. did, that was also not not a good movie in a lot of ways. But it is a movie where Nicolas Cage takes a break from beating the crap out of an animatronic uh, alligator. I don't remember to drink a beer and play pinball because he's been told he's allotted regular breaks on this job and he takes every single one of them. I thought he was just drinking like energy drinks or something. Oh, maybe he is. I don't know. I couldn't tell what the can was, but the point is he has a fridge full of cans of something and Whenever his watch goes off, no matter what he's doing, uh, he takes that break. Yep. And it's great. It's yeah. good every single time it happens. You should. Uh, everyone should take their breaks. Take your allotted breaks. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't do anything yeah. extra. Don't don't give your bosses anything <laughs> yeah. extra. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, Willy's Wonderland was dumb fun, and Five Nights at Freddy's was just dumb. Dumb and, and the opposite of fun. <laughs> A complete slog. And, honestly, like, there are long stretches in this movie where so little happens that I can't imagine even many kids liked this. I, yeah, I, I have no idea what the reaction, I have no idea what kids, what kids reaction to this was. Like I've watched, I watched a lot of movies and liked them as a kid, but uh, that, that I know as an adult are, are absolutely garbage. But 
I feel like they were at least they moved more than this does. Yeah. I mean, like horror movies for kids is a hard thing to crack. And I mean, there aren't a ton of good ones. No, but there are some. It is possible to do it. You know? Yeah. Like I would I would argue, um, you know, killer clowns from outer space is a really good template for this kind of thing. Uh, you know, that's a goofy movie that has a level of violence in it that is, is entirely fine for kids. I think that no kid is going to be like upset by the violence in those movies, in in that movie, because it's, it's all so cartoonish, but it does still have the vibe of something that's actually kind of sinister. So, you know, you can do it. I, I would probably say that, uh, you know, I mean, I haven't seen this movie in like since I was a kid, but I bet Ernest Scared Stupid is a more effective horror movie for kids than this is. Just betting off the top of my head. The other problem with horror movies for kids is that like once you're a certain age, if you want to seek out horror, you want to watch like the stuff that's not for you yet. Yeah, you know? this is actually my final note that I have for this in my document here. Uh, look, I know it's for kids. But kids do deserve better than this. Just show them like an actual regular horror movie. They'll be fine. Yeah. And and I mean, that's the thing is that like this feels like it's it was toned down for like very young kids. Like you're you're going to. Yeah. Like, like it's 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 the baby bumpers. It's the baby yeah. bumpers all over everything that would be even a little bit uh, too much for someone's imagined idea of of what a kid would want to see. Yeah. I feel like the age range between kid will be bored by this and kid is going to want something more graphic and, and more scary than this. That's a very, very narrow window that may not. Yeah. Like, it, it just may not even exist. It may because, not like, exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. So it, it is impossible for me to say in any way, even like anecdotally, cause I don't have anything anecdotal about like what the response was like to this movie from children. Yeah. But I will say this movie made a lot of money in its first weekend because a lot of kids were really excited to see this thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently it made, it fell off a cliff in its second weekend. Ah, okay. Like it, it fell, it fell right down. So it's not like the bunch of them were like, we got to go back and see it again. You know, um, it got all of its money in that first like five days of its release. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Cause yeah, like I said, I, I think most kids would probably be bored by this or want something better. I suspect this is like maybe going to be the first movie for a lot of kids where they didn't like it, but they can't articulate why. And like, this might be the movie that actually teaches a number of kids that a movie can be bad. Yep. I don't know that for sure. But I had movies like that myself, and it's, this feels like it's probably one of those. Yeah, what's the generation after Gen Z that's that's probably actually going to watch this? Gen Alpha? Gen I Alpha is, is what they call them? them. Okay, well. Yeah, I think that's what I've heard. Someday there will be the, the Gen Alpha version of the Nostalgia Critic or something like that, and this will be one of <laughs> the movies that they was actually bad? Yeah, <laughs> this will be the kind of movie that they are that they are crapping all over. Right. Um, Right, right. And that's maybe like the most value I think anybody will ever get out of this thing. It's 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 a bad yeah. movie. Um it's a bad movie. Yeah. Don't see it. Please don't watch it. Yeah, at the very least don't 
don't pay money to watch it. Don't, don't pay money to watch it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know if there's anything left to say about it. I, I think we've we've nope. thoroughly. I think that's it. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll talk about a movie that we. Well, you know, like. I don't know. We, we, I, we've you, had, you know, I've liked every movie yes. we've watched for this so far. Even if they've been bad, I had a fun time watching them. Yeah. And this is the first one where I'm just like, this was this was a, a poor invest if this was, if I was not doing this for a show, this would be a poor investment of my time oh, yeah, watching yeah. this at all. You know. I mean, there's no way I would have watched this if it wasn't for the no, show. No, 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 no. So, yeah. So yeah, so we've well, so. okay, so let, let's think now. We've done nineteen ninety three Mario Brothers, which is a thing that I need to actually uh differentiate now <laughs> between Yep, it, the, it sure is. The Mario Brothers movie that everybody knows of now. Um we watched Street Fighter, we watched yep. uh um the original Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> <laughs> Got to differentiate that too. Yep, and uh, Double Dragon, a movie we will probably never yeah. have to uh, uh, speak in years about because uh, did I did you mention? Did you mean? Yeah, did you mention Street Fighter? Because we yeah, did do yeah. that one too. I, I'm yeah, trying to yeah, remember yeah, okay. the ranking Sorry. for everything. Um, did we have a? We had a ranking. Wow. Didn't okay. we? Yeah. We didn't we have Street Fighter I think on we top? Did. Yeah. Yeah, we had Street Fighter on top. I think that remains true. And I feel like I think Double Dragon was on the bottom. Yeah, Double Dragon was on the bottom. Uh, congratulations, you're not there anymore, Double Dragon. Yeah, um, I can't remember if we liked Mario or Mortal Kombat better. Um, I think we must have liked Mortal Kombat better. We were actually kind of pretty down on the Mario movie. Yeah, yeah, probably. Which, I mean, you know, I don't know. That, that Mario movie was silly, but it took some swings that I admire in hindsight, even if I don't think they worked all that well. It, yeah, same, same here. Same here, yeah. So yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's definitely goes below all of those by a pretty considerable margin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of room between Double Dragon and Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, all right, well, that's uh, that's going to do it for this year's Quick Change the Channel. Uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah. Hope we saved you all some money. <laughs> yep. Um, if you're going to watch one of these things, just watch Willy's Wonderland. Uh, it's uh, it's dumb fun. Yep. Don't, don't, don't even touch even don't even think about touching five nights at freddy's even if you're morbidly yep. curious and uh i guess that's it we'll uh we'll probably do another one of these next year so uh yeah have a, have a great year everybody and we'll uh we'll we'll be back with regular snescapades uh very soon Game.